in the not too distant future. Following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, plus the hidden horrors of secret World War 2, there's not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to the last comic shop. You get a bonus episode of The Last Comic Shop! I'm the host of Most Danny Larson, and welcome back to your bonus episode for the first one of 2020, 2021. Wow, that is really hard to say. That's a lot of 20s. It's, 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 yeah, we don't talk about 2020 anymore. That's <laughs> true. And, of course, I've got my regular co-host, as always, Chad Smith. So, Chad... What are we going to be talking about today? Is it about comic books on this bonus show, or is it about something else? Well, sort of. I went to the Wally Mart, and I, I bought those packs because I'm a sucker for those little multi-packs they have up by the register. Yes. But, uh, there's this uh, WW84, <gasps> which I thought was about one of those world wars, but it turns out it's about this Wonder Woman lady, and, uh, and there's a movie that goes along with it. Yes. It's like a read-along adventure. You spend 20 minutes here, and then you spend another four hours trying to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you get a do you get a record with the comic book? Remember back in the day when you used to get those the are the best. <laughs> yes, I, I love those read-alongs. But you're right. We're going to be covering WW84, Wonder Woman 84, in today's program. And also joining me for this review of that particular comic book movie is my other co-host, J.A. Scott. J.A. Uh, did you watch this in the theaters, or like, or did you actually watch it on HBO Max, like everybody else in the world? Hi, uh, I watched it on uh, HBO Max, and I can say that now I have a one-month subscription to HBO Max. What a waste of seventeen dollars that was! <laughs> wow! No, 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 no. As I'll get to in my recommendations at the end, if you have not watched Doom Patrol on uh, HBO Max yet, you got to watch Doom Patrol two seasons. I'll get to that later on in the program. And also joining me on today's program, we've also got the wonderfully talented comic book aficionado here from the city of Pittsburgh. We've got Mikey Wood. He's a creator. He's a comic book fan. He is everything comic books and we're happy to have him on the first bonus show of the last comic shop so mikey what do we got to look forward to in 2021 in your humble estimation oh my gosh wow well 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 i mean we're 41 years away from when the jetsons takes place so that's kind of cool <laughs> Um, so only 41 years until your car folds up into a briefcase. Um, I'm sure just like everybody, we're just so relieved that the, that the year is beyond us. And hopefully this, this is airing in, in like newly invigorated and not some kind of wasteland. We don't know. This might be not only the, like the last podcast in a wasteland for all we know, cause this is going to air in the future, but I'm looking forward to a lot. I'm looking forward to working a little bit harder on my, on my comics, um, which you can now read both El Phantasma and Hate Your Friends, the full first book on graphite.com, which is a, a great site. I'm looking forward the DC Comics Future State event because I love DC and I love when they do future stories and things like that. Okay. Could you uh, re yeah. un unpackage that Future State? Look, what's that, the, what's that about for our fans out there that might not be uh, knowledgeable? Well, honest, honestly, I 
don't really <laughs> know. I know that it involves futuristic versions of our current kind of crop of DC characters. So it takes place way far in the future. There's a new Batman. There's a new Wonder Woman. There's a new all these other. There's going to be a Swamp Thing. So it's going to be. I know there's a series of specials, but I've sort of like kept myself away from this because I find that. As far as these event books are concerned, I kind of enjoy them more if I don't know. I just started reading Endless Winter, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, I'm really enjoying that crossover so far. So I don't I don't know much about it other than when I saw there was going to be a Swamp Thing issue, and then, as I understand it, a new Swamp Thing series. You know, Swamp Thing's like Constantine recently. Like, it's like they put out these really good series, and then they stop them because nobody really buys them. Like, 15 people buy it. But I just love that character, and any, and that hooks me. Like, that's how I started reading Justice League Dark, is because Swamp Thing came into it, so I bought those and started buying all the back issues, and now I'm obsessed with Justice League Dark, and I couldn't get into the whole death metal thing or any of that, except for the one issue of the Robin book that Riley Rosimo drew, because I'll buy anything he draws, because he's awesome. I did want to say, with the DC Future State... As opposed to the last reboot, reconfiguration, whatever it was, they've got some strong artists showing up in these books here. People like Dale Eaglesham, Joel Jones. Like it's not just the Jim Lee clones from the last time around, but the whole DC like being up in the air. Like it's very exciting to see how's that going to happen. Are they going to do anthologies after that? Are they going to go back to normal? Are they going to go? What's yeah. the status quo going to be? Yeah. Well, I, I, one other thing that was up in the air all through 2020 was whether or not we were going to get any other comic book related movies. Like, we're finally reviewing one that was supposed to be released, what, I think in July? Uh, of last year and so now we're finally reviewing you know wonder woman 84 ja real quickly what is the list of uh, comic book related movies that are scheduled to come out in 2021 hopefully that we'll get to to watch uh, this year yes so coming out and again this is scheduled and this is subject to change and this is all from the Google machine, too. So the dates might be slightly off, but we've got Morbius coming out in March, Black Widow in May, Venom, Let There Be Carnage in June, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in July, Suicide Squad in August, Eternals in November, Spider-Man 3 in December. Okay. And I think... Google is telling me Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming out in 2021, but there's no real time to it. Also, Black Adam and Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Okay. Sometime in 2021. S- sometime. They, they, don't have, they don't have dates for those. But of those, of those movies, J.A., which one are you looking forward to the most? Probably either Snyder's JLA or Shang-Chi. Okay. You mean uh, the four-hour HBO Max epic redux Yes, Snyder. I have to get another one month subscription. <laughs> give, give me, give me six hours. I don't care. Yeah, I love <laughs> wow. it. So much of Justice League was shot on a green screen. They can pretty much just change everything. Yeah, that was good. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop right after these messages. We're going to finally get into Wonder Woman eighty four as well mm. as talking about comic book recommendations. So stay tuned for more of our show right after these messages. This is the channel where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I'm your host, Captain Nostalgia, and I'm so glad that you're here to join us. 
Victims and Villains is a podcast and YouTube channel that marries pop culture and suicide prevention, producing content with the intent to let people know that there is hope and that there is a better way and that each and every listener has value and worth. Listen to Victims and Villains on your favorite podcast catcher or on YouTube by searching for Victims and Villains. Also, check out their website, victimsandvillains.net. We're back with more of The Last Comic Shop. And on today's program, we're going to be reviewing not a comic book, but a comic book-related movie. That's what you get on bonus shows. You get other comic-related material, whether it's TV shows, whether it's movies, whether it's, I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to do a comic-related video game, but you never know. It's a big, big universe, and we might be bored that week and just say, hey, we're going to put out a bonus episode because we like to listen to ourselves talk. And I'm sure there's other people out there that want to hear our views on a movie that, again, was supposed to be released back in July and finally came out on HBO Max on December 25th. And theaters. It was released in theaters as well. That's true. Those the places that actually have those and are not like boarded up or have the big gates down or mm-hmm. like laser beam walls that you can. But most people watched it on HBO Max, and uh, it is Wonder Woman eighty four. And JA, real quickly, uh, according to IMDb, who was in Wonder Woman eighty four? <laughs> okay, so Wonder Woman eighty four by director Patty Jenkins, who also directed the first Wonder Woman movie uh, from a story. By Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns stars Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Uh, Chris Pine returns. Kristen Wiig in a starring role as the big bad. Barbara Minerva, Cheetah, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, and uh, and then there's a nice flashback scene in the beginning of the movie where you get to see Robin Wright's character again, as well as the great. Danish actress Connie Nielsen. Plus, you, di- you, you didn't mention for those people that stuck around for the end credit scene, you got who in uh, a little cameo role? Spoiler oh, right. Are we, are we yeah, spoiling we can warning spoil people? It's been out for two weeks. <laughs> you get the original Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonderfully talented Linda Carter. Linda Carter and I had a wonderful moment riding an elevator at a Comic Con, and I can't remember which one it was, but she was wonderful. It was complete silence. I missed my floor. The door opened. The door closed. I kept going up, and she said, "Was that your floor?" I said, "Yes, it was." It's a pleasure to meet you. And she got off the elevator, <laughs> and I, I went back down again because I was trying to say something, and she was just super nice, and she's beautiful. Yes, just simply wonderful. breathtaking. Whether mm-hmm. you're a fan of that original '70s show, but it, it just warmed my heart to see her in that last scene. Just kind of brought it home. It was one of the high watermarks, yeah. as we'll get to in my initial thoughts. I just like that. Before little- we go too far, you mentioned if you haven't seen it yet, you need to hurry if you need if you haven't seen it yet. One, because it's very very long. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. But two, because it leaves. HBO Max after its 31-day window. Yeah, yeah. So you only got a couple more weeks to watch it on uh, HBO Max uh, in case uh, you haven't. But, I mean, again, that's I, I don't mind that because usually when you go to see a movie in a theater, like, it's only out for, like, a month. And then you can't – unless it goes yeah. smooth to the dollar, the dollar theaters. Like, say, and then where will it go? Eventually, it'll <laughs> go to Blu-ray for a little while, and people will be able to pick it up there. And then eventually go back to HBO Max. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. But who's going to do the 10-cent synopsis? Not me. I'll do it. All right, Mikey. What's the, what's the 10-cent <laughs> synopsis? Keep it short, sweet, yes. to the point. Yes. 
It, okay, Wonder Woman comes back in 1984 uh, to show us to be careful what you wish for, and that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's 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 basically <laughs> that's, in my that's, mind. What's uh, Wrath of Khan? Like yeah, yeah. Well, was that was, 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 was released in 1984? I'm not sure. I, I, this is about the same time period, right? It's it like was, an yeah, early yeah, Christie yeah. Alley in that. Or yeah, that's Alley. the best. Yeah, be careful what you wish for is basically the plot of the the the, the, the plot of the movie. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it's got it's got uh, Kristen Wiig or Wig mm-hmm. uh, as Cheetah. Um, so she's the big bad guy. Although I don't know. I guess you could call Maxwell Lord the big bad guy in this. I guess question mark. I don't know. Uh, she's the she's the heavy at least, as we'll get to in my initial thoughts. Boy, oh boy, was I happy that Kristen Wiig was in this movie because uh, there was one relatable, sexy woman in this movie, and it wasn't Wonder Woman. So that's that's just me. That's just me and my first initial take on that. And it was Kristen Wiig. She was not only fragile, but at the same time strong. Again, relatable. Because she would, she was downtrodden. She was, she was beaten up by life, but she, she yearned to be something greater than she was. Something we can all kind of say, yeah, we've had that moment. And, and then once she got to that, she kind of said, no, I don't want to give it back. And who, who else in our, our in a position like that would want to give back that kind of power and kind right. of prestige and, and, and just? I don't know if I got a tail, I might give it back. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. If you had to use That's, a litter box, I guess you'd want to give it back. I, I, it's <laughs> on what you could do with your tail. Like, yeah. like, could be, like, you think Nightcrawler wants to give his tail back? No way. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure eventually. He's got it stuck in enough elevator doors that it was probably <laughs> more of a hindrance than a than anything else but no i somebody else bail me out here initial thoughts on on this movie we're gonna go to chad okay so i I have a a top five all right so number one is the movie was so long but uh so nonsensical it felt like it was missing pieces Mm. like it should have been longer but that would have made it so much worse (laughs) like the movie was two and a half hours long and listen i don't have the kind of attention span kids Especially not on Christmas Day, when Santa Chad has been up until four in the morning, and now I'm sitting down to watch this slow-paced movie. Ah, uh-uh. they needed to cut out an extra forty minutes of this thing, but still, it felt like they didn't explain what the rules were. It felt like there were pieces missing that were important. All right, next point: it does not play to Gal Gadot's strengths, which Gal Gadot, especially in the first Wonder Woman with Patty Jenkins as the director. She is a force. She is powerful. She is beautiful. She is something aspirational. Uh, here, she's kind of naggy while being hypocritical and, and rapey. So, wow! All right, Mikey, you like the movie. Jump in. I did. Defend something. I did. Well, you know, it's funny that 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 Chad mentioned the rapey thing, and 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 because the one thing that I that had I made the movie would have changed but i'll get to that so so yeah i really dig it um i understand though why people wouldn't because it's it's such a tonal shift from the first movie the first movie was like a war movie with a superhero in it and this one is this one is so 1980s and it was intentional and it's a 1980s superhero movie it is superman 2 and it's got intentionally somewhat cheeseball kind of things that may not, obviously, from what people are saying, it doesn't work for everybody. It seems to be kind of, 
it seems to be a kind of evenly split though it seems to be some people really really dig it and a lot of people really really don't but it seems even somewhat evenly split but um like i like that i like that it was tonally different i like that there. like you guys were talking about the big bad there is no real big bad guy the big bad guy is people's hubris that's what the bad guy is in this movie yeah. well there's also no hero who's well, the well, who's the well, protagonist well, right and and i think that's almost important because it takes this godlike person and it actually she is very human in this she's been nursing a broken heart for 70 years and she is given the opportunity through the Dreamstone or the Wishstone, which which people are saying is a made-up MacGuffin, but it's not. It's from the comics. Doctor D used it. It was created by Morpheus in the post the post crisis DC universe. It is actually a thing. It's got its own little entry on the DC Wikipedia thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. There um, you go. They couldn't connect it to Morpheus because of rights issues, so they connected it to uh, the god Dolos, which connects it more to Wonder Woman and makes more sense. But anyway, the one thing that, that I would have changed, yes, when Steve Trevor comes back, Steve Trevor is actually inhabiting the body of a, of a mortal man. We'll call him Handsome Man. Handsome Man. That's I what think it's that's, is that how he's built? The movie. Yeah, they don't get into who he is or anything like that. And she does uh, have a romantic involvement with a person's body who is not aware that it's happening because it's inhabited by. So, but the reason they, they did that is because body switch things were all sorts of eighties. There were so many body switch things in the eighties. There was, there was like six or seven of those movies or whatever, maybe four. I don't know. I will say, had I done it, I think it would have been better and had more of an impact. If Steve just shows up like naked and shivering and terrified and not having any idea where he is because he's been dead for 70 years and whatever he's experienced in the other realm if there is another realm of being but they went for comedy and they went for like the 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 scenes where he's trying to draw you know wear the 80s terribly wonderfully oh, 80s right. clothing mirrors her trying to dress up in the 1910s it's the same exact scene okay and that was fun so I only got to two of my top five. Can I jump back in? So point one was it was way too long. Point two does not play to Gal Gadot's strengths. They gave Cheetah the sympathetic character, and all Gal Gadot does is like hang around and complain about the truth and how the you need to do you know the truth is the best thing and all that stuff. Like that's fine, but it wasn't her showing strength or power or any of that stuff. And honestly, as much as I think Gal Gadot is a beauty and a gem for the DC universe. She was one of the best cast characters. She doesn't have the charisma to out-charisma Kristen Wiig. Mm. So number three was Max Lord. Boy, did they waste Maxwell Lord. But he was just sad. And I grew up as a JLI fan. Like, Maxwell Lord is one of those guys you could have a lot of fun with. Whether you want to use the, the Maxwell Lord with the powers, that's great. If you just want to use him as a con man, businessman, like, that's great too. But I, I thought they failed there. And uh, to Mikey's point about it being an 80s movie, sure, it represented a lot of what 80s movies were, but it didn't embrace the 80s. Yeah. It's the 80s soundtrack. Where were the 80s moments that made you really feel like you were there? Sure, they have a scene in a mall, but like I felt like there was so much potential there. My last point was, I honestly, I didn't think the movie was bad for all my complaining. I don't think it was bad. I think it was worse than bad. It was boring. It was. I, I fell asleep the first time watching it, and so I kept trying to watch it. And this this is something that's unrelated to the movie, but the fact that it appeared on a streaming service, and I'm not in a theater where my attention is demanded. It's at the house where I have kids running around. I have cell phones. I have things getting in the way. So when I fell asleep through the first showing, 
I spent the next three days trying to watch 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and I would rewind because parts of it didn't make sense because, like I said earlier, it was slow and dumb. The movie was just boring. <laughs> my, All my... right, J.A., what, what's, what's your take? Well, I guess I like the idea that it, it exists in the 80s, that, but I don't know if I'd say it's Superman 2. I'd say it's more on the line of Superman 4. I'm not going to retread uh, what Chad went into. I will say that I was not impressed with the special effects. I thought a lot of the CGI work was a bit less than it could have been. He had a lot of uncanny valley in the fight scenes, especially with uh, the fight scene with Cheetah at the end. I thought. Do you think cats scared the them? <laughs> Everybody got so concerned about seeing James Gordon with a tail. They're like, oh, wait a minute. Let's slow that down. There were some nice call outs. I did like the sort of the geek fan service for the invisible jet. I think anyone who watched cartoons in the 80s was loving that moment. And I did like, uh, obviously, the Linda Carter at the end of the movie cameo. I couldn't understand the whole flying thing where she took off from the White House and it took her like an hour to fly back to her house at the Watergate building, which is literally four blocks away from the White House. That made gotta, no sense to me. I got to jump in on there. That, that I, I'm not even counting that as flying. I'm not I'm going to be a complete comic book nerd here and say, that's leaping? That's what the Incredible Hulk does. Yeah. He leaps. I'm sorry. The only way somebody flies... And I'm, I'm serious on this point. If you fly in a comic book or in a comic book-related movie, I want to see hovering. I want to see stationary hovering. That means you fly. Otherwise, it's just momentum and inertia carrying you over in one big jump. And you're swinging on lightning bolts or whatever. And she doesn't fly. She falls gracefully. That, that's like, what Steve says flying is. That's what he says it is. It, yeah, it's it, just wind and... Wind and... Riding away. I never bought that Wonder Woman flew in the comic books. My Wonder Woman doesn't fly. She uses an invisible jet to fly. That's she what, did, though. She was getting I the under- ability to fly from Hermes. She flies. I, I understand yeah. she does. But she didn't originally. She didn't win back in the no. 40s. She didn't fly back then, so she doesn't fly. Go on. <laughs> my, my thing is, if she does fly in 1984, why doesn't she fly in the Justice League movies then? Ooh, good point. Why isn't she flying there? Well, right, sure. Because <laughs> she, she doesn't. She didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> sure. She Randy Johnson to Bird one time, and then she was done with flying. Then, then you know what? Maybe she flies in the Snyder Cut. I don't know, man. You know, I think it's it's a neat little parable about the me generation, which was which was so eighties because it is very much that. You know, Maxwell Lord is is I, I like that every single character except I mean even Cheetah to a point has a redemption arc. Everybody does. Nobody is dropped off a building, nobody is disintegrated. They all survive and are hopefully better for it, maybe not Cheetah. How did you she know? survive all the electrocution in the water and the, I thought cats yeah, hated I mean, water to begin with. I just, I don't know, I, I like, well, because it's a comic book movie, you know, and it's it's like, I mean, she's basically Catwoman in the beginning, you know, she's that nebbish thing, like, like yeah. I am taking, a, I am taking offense to the whole, like, if you wear glasses, that automatically means you're nebbishy and, and nerdy. <laughs> well, you also have to drop things, if you wear glasses and are clumsy. Right, right, right. Like, but that's a that's a trope that's been done, you know, a million a million times, and people recognize that, and it's silly. So, so I mean, I I just I just think it hit me. I it's I don't like it more than I like the first one. I, and Maxwell Lord is alive at the end, so it would be wonderful to see Maxwell Lord 
somewhere down the line become what he was in the JLI because he's still there and he's still Max Lord, you know, you know, hopefully learned a bit of a lesson, but he's still going to be who he is. And Pedro Pascal, you know, he's all huge because he voices the Mandalorian because 98 percent of the time it's not actually him in the in the Mandalorian. I mean, I hate to break everybody's heart. I thought he was in the suit. Oftentimes it is John Wayne's grandson. So, um, yeah, they've got two stunt guys. They've got one stunt guy for the action fight scenes, and they've got one stunt guy for the the gun fighting scenes. Yes, there's this famous cast photo of him of him in the armor with the whole cast, and they're like, "You see, he doesn't even take his helmet off for the cast photo. That's how devoted it is. That's because it's not him." But um, so anyway, wow. anyway, I think my dreams are shattered. Carry on. <laughs> But he's just awesome in everything. And he takes <laughs> and he is way over the top and way cartoony. And there are little not so subtle digs at the current person in the White House as of today. There's very obvious digs at him because it's just so easy. And it just writes it it, it just writes itself. But you know, I, I he's he's delightfully over the top and a blast and everybody's saying it so long and i i i I wasn't i was never bored i think i needed something a little and like the end fight isn't even really a fight the end fight is a discussion she's she's reasoning with a person who is beyond the point of reason and it works and she talks this guy down by reminding him of what actually matters. And I think because of what's going on with the pandemic, I think just for me personally, I needed that. I needed like this discussion of, of what's important in the world and what, what really matters is is everyone and everybody. And that's that's so Wonder Woman to me. That is so utterly Wonder Woman. And and that just for me hit the right marks. It, more than she more than it would have been if she threw a chair at him, you know? Right. <laughs> or something. Well, let me jump in here with kind of like a little bit of a, a compliment sandwich on this on this particular movie as my as my final kind of thoughts here. Real quickly, I will agree. Number one, with uh, as part of the the bread of my compliment sandwich, with just Mike, what Mikey Wood said, probably one of the most powerful scenes in the entire movie was actually when he's uh, she's got the lasso of truth around him at the end and maxwell lord is having those flashbacks to when he was a kid with like holes in his shoes and wet in the bed and, and being a disappointment i thought those flashback scenes were very well done like that was that uh, was emotional that was powerful that was striking that was good imagery and something that, again, I felt like you could relate to as a viewer. Uh, we've all had those moments when we've been beaten down by life. And if you think back on some of these cringeworthy moments of your own life, you kind of say, like, oh, I wish I could wish those all away. Like, I wish I could be better than that. I'm somebody better than all of that. But in, you know, accepting your weakness uh, in, in the truth of your weakness, it will set you free. So, like, that was that was great. So that's, that's that part of the bread. Now, the kind of crap in the middle is I, I didn't buy for a second anything that happened with, with Steve Trevor. Like, again, we've commented on this earlier in this program. Everything with Steve Trevor was like dollar store version of Winter Soldier's Captain America Man at a Time. Like, that's what it was. It was like, I've seen this and I've seen it better. Chris Pine is no Chris Evans. And I'll take Winter Soldier, him coming up with his list of things to do around the world any day over like, gosh, I've eaten like three Pop-Tarts, which we didn't even get to see. That would have been nice. Why don't you get the, the classic 80s Pop-Tart box? 
you know what? Stranger Things did it better. If you're going to go for that whole 80s vibe, where's my 80s music? Where's my 80s stuff? Other than where's my 80s montage? Yeah. Give me a montage. Where's that at? They played where's 80s that music at? That. You can't they, defend they played, that. They played Frankie Goes to Hollywood when they go into the, uh, the party. Everyone looked like it was nowadays pretending they were in the 1980s instead of... It was actually the 1980s. So, like, I, I didn't buy it for a second, and I was really glad the moment that Chris Pine, even though he was a good actor, I'm glad he left because I was just like, I, I don't care about, I don't really care about this story. I don't. Like, I, I've seen this before, and it was done better. On the other side of that, uh, of that compliment sandwich, I really like the beginning. I like the first 15 minutes. The scene where she is a young, you know, Diana, and she's trying to be folks that were like you know decades older than her it was fun but it could have been cut to five minutes oh <laughs> carry on but it was great it was a wonderful scene and although like at the end you only really mattered because she cheated in order to win like i didn't care like it was like that's that's great i had had my attention and, and to your point chad i've seen boring movies aquaman was like five times more boring than this movie was this one was okay Aquaman had like meaningless fights with crab people that you were like, why do we have to see this? Why do we have to see what Aquaman running around in the desert? Like, why do we have to see that? Like it's a, it's a movie about water. Why are we in the desert? So don't get me that there are DC movies that are much more boring. But anyways, because uh, wait now, wait, 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 they show him in the desert because he's a water based. Oh my God, Andrew. <laughs> That's the whole You're reason we put it in the that desert. No, we're not, that's going to be for a different show. Anyways, does anybody else have final thoughts on this before we get to the commercial yeah. and our final grades? Go on. Yes. I want to say that what you said is completely wrong. <laughs> All right, go on. You need the Chris Pine story because he's the only one who brings any real gravitas and emotion to that side of the movie. Without him, Gal Gadot she can't carry those scenes by herself. I just don't think she has the acting range, unfortunately. And it gets really exposed in this movie, especially when she's up against Kristen Wiig, as opposed to being up against some, you know, nameless bad guy types that she was in the first movie. I like the opening scene because we get the great Connie Nielsen. I think that it's completely a retread and they're just putting it in because it worked in the first movie. And you cut that opening scene out of the film, and it doesn't change the film one iota. So, okay, you get this sort of, you know, the truth. She learns about why the truth is so important. Okay, I'll give you that. But I do think it runs a little bit long. Like, that opening scene tells you the entire plot of the movie. Are you trying to help your point or hurt it? you, You can't cheat your way into getting the things that you want. Because it won't work. Even though she thought it was quicker... And she thought it was faster, and she thought that she would win easier. She lost everything. Believe me, I know Patty Jenkins does not want to take shortcuts. That's why we ended up with a two and a half hour long movie. I loved it, man. I could have done with another half hour. I thought I thought they should have built on Maxwell Lord's kid a little more, showed wow. maybe who mom was in that circumstances. I think they needed to boost that a little bit. There's just little yes. touches that I, I like. Boost yeah. that because it was too much of the bad dad trope. He's a yeah, bad dad yeah. because he's a bad dad. Right. Show <laughs> so show otherwise. Crooks. But but what's neat is that the whole the whole idea of those flashbacks and everything and, and really everybody is that you find out that 
most people, what they wish for is something that they lost for some reason. You either lost love because it was taken away from you because he sacrificed himself in a war, or you lost your childhood because you were beaten and abused and had to fight for everything you ever had, or you lose respect because you're clumsy and sort of, uh, you feel like you don't, like she, like Barbara Minerva felt invisible and, 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 and felt like she didn't even exist. All the things that she does as Cheetah, she could have done as Barbara Minerva. She didn't need a magic stone to do that for her. She just needed to grow a tail. To, to, no, she just needed to have more confidence in herself, and that it, it, it's almost like the with the Superman. Since the Superman reference, it's almost like Clark Kent. You know, in the Superman movies, the only difference between Clark Kent and Superman was a pair of glasses and better posture, and that's the way it is for everybody. Like, like I, just, I don't know. It just hit me in, a, in, a, in an emotional level that doesn't seem to be. But I also read into things and create my own, so I could be full of it. <laughs> well, we'll see who's full of it and who's not after these commercial breaks. We'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop. We're going to be doing our rating of Wonder Woman 84. I'm sure you can probably figure out what those are going to be, but stay tuned. Hey, everyone. Brian Thomas here from the former The Batman vs. James Bond show and the upcoming The Night Cave show. Do you like noir, black and white, gritty murder mysteries? Do you like crime stories or even pulp comics? Then you're going to love Nick Palatichuk's debut graphic novel entitled The Greenway. It's 1968, and Butch Schultz, a black market merchant, finds that his friend has been murdered in a mansion in St. Paul. Now he is out looking for who did it, while the city's best detectives are on the case. Nick's graphic novel is already getting rave reviews, let me tell you. Zero Supervision Comics Podcast says, a dark, intriguing story that makes you want to know more. The Glenn Thinks Stuff Podcast says, it's explosive, captivating, and alluring. And actor Kyle Hester from The Chair, Zombie with a Shotgun, and Preacher Six says, can't wait for this book. You got to get on this. Order your copy today at Indie Planet, A New World of Comics. That's www.indieplanet.com. Hard copies and digital copies are available, and now digital copies are only $5. That's where I said it, just $5. So make sure you order yours today. Well, all right, we are back with more of The Last Comic Shop. Oh, no one's going to do the woo. Oh, we don't do the woo anymore. Hey, it's, hey! It's just, uh, <laughs> That's that's got to be the new that's got to be the new thing. So, uh, any case, we're back with our rating grade, whatever you want to call it, for Wonder Woman eighty four or WW eighty <laughs> four. I got these scars in WW eighty four. The last one, it was between kangaroos and and koala bears. <laughs> I guess which side I was on, the kangaroos. They were vicious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is what is our rating scale for this for this particular program, J.A.? What are we rating this one out of four on? Okay, we're going to go with uh, one of the highlights of the movie for me. One out of four invisible jets. Nice. So it's one out of four, four being the best, one being the worst. J.A., we're going to go to you first. J.A., what are you rating Wonder Woman 84? I'm going to give it a two and a half invisible okay. jets. So that's like two invisible jets and one jet that's still visible. <laughs> not an invisible biplane it's yeah. halfway there you can, can you see the front or the back it's like you go to the smithsonian you see the one that's made out of paper that's the one that's it it's like a leonardo da vinci hang glider go on so i thought it was um it was competently done i thought the story meandered a bit it was a little long i wasn't a fan of the cgi that but then again i think dc they just don't have the 
the level of perfection when it comes to the action st- stuff that Marvel does. Marvel's CGI is always spot on, or for the most part. Even like with the, you think of the Justice League movie, the CGI in Justice League was not the greatest. So I thought that took it, you know, one or two steps back. But, it, you know, was it worth the $17 I paid for the HBO Max subscription? I don't know. Uh, we'll get into recommendations and things that you can extend your HBO Max with at the end of this uh, episode. So if people were like me and felt that they wasted $17, they can get uh, their month subscription, you know, get some other stuff out of that. All right. Uh, we're going to go to Mikey Wood next. Mikey, what was your rating for this particular per, uh, movie? Well, for the record, the CGI in Black Panther was worse than the CGI in Wonder Woman 84. Oh, um, oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would. Anywho, yeah, I, um, I think <laughs> I think I'll give it a three. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't give it a four because, you know, that's you know, there's there's plenty of things. that. But I, I think I would give it a nice, healthy three. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I probably won't return to it as much as I would the original one. But like my kid can watch it and she loves it because it's Wonder Woman. So that's what I'll say. I, I it was quite enjoyable. All right, uh, Chad, you're up. All right, I'm gonna go one and a half. I think there was just so much wasted potential here. Whether it was not enough Wonder Woman, which I love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I didn't get a lot of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman in here. Instead, I got a bunch of other stuff. I, I really think that Patty Jenkins could have benefited from somebody to help her go over the plot and tighten it up a little bit. Somebody to go over the movie to edit it down to a more manageable session. And also to make it so that we knew what the rules were. We haven't really talked about how the rules for the stone kept changing. Like, how does Chitara get two, or che- Cheetah, whatever, gets two wishes? Everybody else just got one. Well, I, 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 I... Make her wish! I drew a wine three, twi- three times to go back and look for the breezy part. But there were so many little things like that where it's like, wait a minute, this is an incoherent mess. <laughs> and I, it disappointed me because of all the DC movies, I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. I thought that was the best casting. I thought it was a really well-paced movie. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the CGI thing at the end, but like this one, I just thought, oh, it, it was wasted potential for me. Oh, all right. Well, it, real quickly, Chad, do you think that it was kind of an incoherent mess because it took so long for them to make? Wasn't this like it was supposed to come out not not just last year, but I think it was supposed to come out even like a year before that? And then they, did they have to do like reshoots or like it took a long time? They had to extend it. You can clearly tell that there was some rejiggering here. Uh, with the storyline, because there's so many consequential pieces uh, that just aren't there. And so, I don't know. It just didn't do anything enough for me. Not enough Wonder Woman, not enough 80s, not enough Max Lord. Not enough anything, say... but too much time. Yes! And somehow it managed to be so long! Well, I, I'm going to have to give it two Invisible Jets. Now, I will say, though, that if this had been released in 1998, I probably would have given it three. And that's, I think, my biggest final thought on this particular movie is I really feel like this reminded me of comic book movies before they knew how to make comic book movies. Remember those movies that you went and you saw and they were based on a movie, a comic book, and you saw them in the late 90s, early 2000s? Remember those movies, folks? They were kind of like, yeah, look at this. We got an invisible jet. They don't have anything to do with continuity. Yeah, they're kind of tongue-in-cheek. We don't know if they're, they're funny or they're action-packed or, or whatever, but you're going to have a good time with it. It's going to be a popcorn muncher. But I feel like, as, as somebody that likes comic book movies, like we've moved beyond this. 
that this is somehow, fittingly, kind of a relic of a bygone age. Like, we've moved on from things like Wonder Woman 84. Sure, it's fun. Sure, it doesn't really matter much. And I think that's the thing. It, it really doesn't. I mean, it, there's no real long-term stakes in this movie. Everything kind of... Like, the whole world goes to hell. Like, there's nuclear bombs almost attack, And, like, nobody seems to care at the end. Everybody's still walking around having their Christmas at the end. They're like, yippee, it's all okay. Let's all put on... Our, our members only jackets and like yep. I don't know do something like handsome like, not only get raped but dragged to an Egyptian firefight with those stereotype guys <laughs> like like when the Avengers just stop and eat shawarma after the entire city's destroyed no, yeah. no, that's, but that's okay that's, no no well, no they, they ate that's shawarma. okay because it's got a Marvel logo on it. I know uh, I get it I get uh, it here we go let's here pause. we go there's, there's thousands of dead people now. everywhere let's pause and have a sandwich hey they were hungry that's a I lot of that that's a lot yeah. of that had to burn that saving shot. the world I love that shot I love it. <laughs> But that's that's just what I think. I mean, ultimately, I like the movie. Like, again, I've seen worse. I've seen Aquaman. I didn't like Aquaman a lick. I didn't like that movie at all. I actually didn't mind this movie. I sat down. I watched it. I was entertained. Could there have been bits that could have been cleaned up? Yeah, whatever. But again, that's like part of like those older movies from the 90s. Like, I still watch them. Like, sometimes I'll go back and I'll watch uh, Batman Forever. And I'll be like, yeah, this reminds me of Batman Forever. Yeah, okay. It's almost like it's almost like it's a movie from 1984. You know what? But it's not 1984. <laughs> it's not. It's 2020. Stranger Things doesn't feel like a movie or a TV show that was shot in the 80s. It still yeah. feels like a shot a show that's yeah. shot now that's nostalgically looking back at a time of our lives. That's I think what Wonder Woman 84 should have been. Yeah, but it you wasn't. know what I think. You know what I think would have helped. Uh, we could go on forever about this, but you know what I think would have helped because, like, you're right. Stranger Things makes it feel like almost a, like you traveled back and like literally back in time. But I think a lot of it has to do with the lighting and the film stock and everything that they use. I think had she used had it not been as clean as it was, it might have worked even better. Like, it might have felt more, you know, 84. Like, put put the little cigarette burns when the scenes change and things like that. You know, that would have been pretty awesome. Lighting. I think they, they could have done more 80s-style lighting. Think of, yeah. like, Wall Street. And, you know, every time you see Max Lord, he should be lit the way Wall Street was lit in Michael Douglas. He's wearing the Michael Douglas suits. They should have the Michael Douglas lighting. He and should be slick like Michael Douglas. He's not slick. Uh, they were trying for that. He was trying to look like Michael Douglas. I don't think he pulled it off especially well. But I think it goes to, you know, what Mikey was saying, sort of the, the getting the coloring and, and the, the scenes to look more 80s shot like 80s so they could have they could have blocked it differently they could have filmed it differently so that it's it has that you know the way 80s movies were filmed put in a pizza hut <laughs> i get you like yeah, that mall, I in that. like that the mall the mall scene was like in in like the mall scene in commando is it commando yeah it's commando right Arnold Schwarzenegger murdering people everywhere. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, it's now time for recommendations. As always on The Last Comic Shop, we're going to give you other things that you can check out in your spare time other than Wonder Woman 84, which is available on HBO Max right now. So make sure that you check out not only that, but check out some of these uh, other recommendations for yourself and see whether you like them. We're going to actually have on this particular program two comic book-related 
properties like movies that you can watch on uh, streaming services, movies, TV shows. And then we're also going to have some Wonder Woman comics because we still are a comic book podcast. So we're going to start off with a Wonder Woman comic and my buddy Chad. So Chad, what, what's a Wonder Woman comic book that you can check out today? Okay, so my recommendation would be to go back to the New 52. And one of the best things to come out of the New 52 was a 36-issue run. Primary players were Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, although there were a couple other people that helped out with some fill-in issues. It's a really great Wonder Woman story where she goes through her whole like mythological gamut. Uh, she finds out who her parents really are. There are some new characters introduced along the way, and it's this great odyssey, you know, across all these things that matter. And I thought it really showed the power and the grace and the elegance of Wonder Woman, um, and it really made her into an aspirational character. It, it, it's solid stuff, but it's 36 issues before they shift the tone a little bit, but uh, I highly recommend it out of the new 52, Brian Azzaro and Cliff Chang's, Chang's Wonder Woman. And there you go. Absolutely. You can get that in trade, too, right? I think it comes in, what, uh, six issue? Yeah, I think it's six trades. Yeah, it is really good. I've read, the, I think, the first two or three trades of that series, and I, I can't agree with that recommendation. J.A., give us something from uh, a streaming service, uh, comic book related, that people can check out. Sure. Uh, just added to Disney+, Plus, we have The Wolverine, which is the second of the three standalone Wolverine movies, but probably the first in many people's minds because they've just tried to forget Wolverine origins as a mistake, <laughs> complete mistake. It is uh, the retelling of the original Wolverine miniseries uh, by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller back in the early 80s. Wolverine goes to Japan, fights Silver Samurai, falls in love, good story. And it, if you want to watch, but Logan is not on uh, Disney Plus because it's rated R, but it is a nice setup to Logan as well as Days of Future Past, which I believe is on Disney Plus. Okay. And now we've got Mikey Wood with another recommendation of another uh, Wonder Woman comic. So, Mikey, what do you got for us? I'm going to say Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. And that's by Daniel Johnson. It is Diana wakes up after a, a hibernation and the earth is a wasteland so it's like mad max kind of with wonder woman in it it's pretty well i mean daniel johnson's awesome so i i, I really recommend it so is that a, a graphic novel or was that a series it, it was a mini series but they do have a collected edition and it's like it's like 27 bucks or something like that the hardcover i think it just recently came out too but um yeah it's super good okay and uh, as kind of capping up our recommendations here, here's something else for those folks that bought HBO Max that need something else to watch. Again, as I alluded to earlier on the show, watch Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is by far probably my favorite DC property that's been adapted to either a movie or a television show since Superman 2. Like, I, I'm serious when I say that Doom Patrol is an excellent, excellent show. Not for the kiddies. Not for the kiddies at all. Make sure that you are watching this if you're over you know, 18 and a plus, because it is mature content for sure. There's a lot of swearing, a lot, you know, some you know, sexual scenes and stuff like that. And but it is a really, really tremendous take on a, a group of misfits. Not only you got Timothy Dalton playing the chief, uh, who's very, very uh, Machiavellian yet 
also relatable at the same time. It's a very strange uh, line that he he walks in this particular series where you, you at first you feel he's a real big jerk, but you're also like, yeah, I also feel for the guy. Yeah, he's a big jerk. No, I feel for the guy. And it's back and forth. You've got Brendan Fraser as Robot Man, who's just the heart and soul of any uh, Doom Patrol series and uh, does a really good job here, even though he's really, really like a foul mouth version of the thing from the Fantastic Four, if you ever like that. But yeah, from top to bottom, uh, the casting is great. The episodes are great. It's got two seasons out there. The second season deals with uh, the chief's daughter, Dor. Uh, and their fights with the Candleman. The first season deals with uh, Mr. Nobody, uh, who's played by the wonderful Alan Tudyk. So check out Doom Patrol. Plus, check out Watchmen. Watchmen wasn't bad, too, and you can watch that on Disney or HBO yes, Max as well. And Harley Quinn's on HBO Max. That's another DC property. That's an animated cartoon. If you like Archer and those adult-style cartoons, Harley Quinn's just balls to the wall, crazy pants, and it's yeah. tons of fun. Yeah. Doom Patrol is like... Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, but with like a little less drug use, like a little less. <laughs> right, awesome. right, and 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 they do kind of if you if you're a big fan of the Young Animals line that's right now, they do try to incorporate some of those aspects, the Gerard Way stuff that you know is in the newer Doom Patrol series. So if, if you end up ultimately becoming a big fan of this particular series, then go you can, it's like a gateway into the some of the great Doom Patrol comics that are out there because they are playing with a lot of the the characters from those books. In any case, all that's all the time we had for the last comic shop this week. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any of those podcatching platforms available, as well as follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, while we may be the last comic shop, we are not the last comic shop. There are plenty of comic shops out there. Make sure to check www.comicshoplocator. Find a shop near you. Uh, do what you can to support these wonderful businesses that keep uh, the industry that we love uh, uh, churning along. Absolutely. And Mikey, really quickly, do you want to plug some of your fantastic work out there being our, our comic book creator? Uh, El Phantasma versus the Spider Women and, and Hate Your Friends, the graphic novel I did back in 2004, I think. Um, those are both available uh, to read for free on graphite.com as uh, as well as plenty of other things it's a really great site like you could read things forever uh free and legal <laughs> um and you know i'm just 2021 i'm going to try to work a little harder to get more content out there it's it, you know you'd think with being stuck in my house it would be easier it's really not <laughs> but yeah thank you guys for having me on here to be the uh voice of dissension <laughs> i love it I love having you on, Mikey. And Phantasma is great. I can't wait till we get some more of that. Thank you. I appreciate it. He, he fights. He uh, he goes to hell in the second volume. So, and I'm about halfway through with it. So, so we'll be seeing that hopefully by you know February ish. Nah, March ish. <laughs> soon, coming soon. Soon, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, until next week, folks. Stay safe. Stay sheltered. And make sure that you always are that really calming voice of dissent among your friends. The next time <laughs> everybody else wants to say, hey, this Wonder Woman movie wasn't that great. Make sure that you step up and say, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. It's fantastic. Imagine there's no heaven. Aww. It's easy if you try. <laughs> you sound like Shatner. Uh, yes, that's the Gal Gadot deep cut. Thank you. Yeah, I, she's the second she's... worst thing she's been in this this year. <laughs>
the last comic shop was a 2021 Black Angus production.